put myself in the best possible situation. Where can I be? Okay, there I am. How do I get there? And then you start putting together those rational steps. And even if they're not rational, I'm just trying it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on Chad Kurotis. Chad is commonly known as the Team Tech Millionaire. He's the co-founder, founder, CEO of many different successful businesses. And he got his start through founding his own charity and the private aviation industry. In this episode, we talk about, well, taking advantage of our youth and doing it now because we don't have any responsibilities. Then we go into, you know, what success is, dreaming big in the whole time throughout all the ups, all the downs, all the people, is staying you and sticking to that morality. This was a really fun episode to record, and I really enjoyed the conversation, and I hope you guys do too. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mentors. Today, we have on Chad Crotus. Chad, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me, Ava. I'm a little starstruck being on your podcast. Well, you know, I thank you for the compliment. The first place I wanted to start was, um, you know, with everything you're doing right now, because I know there's you, I know you're a extremely busy person. So, you know, can you break it down? Yes. Um, so kind of right now, what, what's been my primary focus is, um, I co-founded an app called go with me, um, and go with me. It's an event-based social platform, uh, that helps you do things you love with people you like safely. So Mm -hmm. it's basically, you know, in other words, it's a different way to find things, you know, because we had things like Tinder and, um, Bumble and things like that. Um, but we kept seeing frequently that there was a lot of disconnect. First of all, when it came into expectations, because some people use them, you know, believe it or not, some people do use Tinder or Bumble just to like find friends. So that, as you could tell, you know, leads to some disappointment from both parties. Um, and also the fact that there's tremendous safety, you know, issues within a lot of these different dating apps. Um, so kind of what happens, we came up, we figured out, you know, how can we fix the solution? Um, so what we came up with is an app that has an app video. Um, so basically what you do is you go on the app and say, uh, you know, in, in a video, so you know you're not being catfished or anything like that. Um, say, hey, my name's Chad. I have two tickets to a football game and I'm looking for, you know, a female or male for, um, you know, romance or uh, friendship or, you know, and just fill out all the details very specifically because it'll, you know, prompt, prompt all those things. And then that way, you know, we kind of connect people when, you know, we have a variety of different features. So yes, that was, that was the long abouts of what I'm doing. But, yeah. No, you know, you can go as, as much detail as you like, because honestly, you're giving me the information too. I'm not going to lie, <laughs> you know, for some of these things, but I know for a fact that you have one heck of a story to how you got to be the co-founder and how you got to be the founder of a lot of things or the CEO of a lot of things. Um, can you go into that, your whole origin story? Yeah. So, uh, as you know, like yourself, you know, I am a young entrepreneur, which kind of definitely seems to be the, like the hot buzzword these days. Um, but it is something that has stuck with me, you know, for my whole life, which to a lot of people is very relative, you know, cause my whole life is like the, you know, the, the span of their, you know, half of their career. Um, but being 20 years old, I definitely feel that I've been able to see a lot of different things and have a lot of different perspective, um, you know, of a variety of situations and kind of how that had started. And I had always said, you know, just disclaimer, unfortunately, you know, not from the Lucky Spark Club. I, you know, I'm not some super genius at all. Um, So, you know, no more connected or no more smarter than the next guy at all. I'm just 
job and just, you know, hungry, you know, like a lot of young entrepreneurs are. Um, so kind of how that came to fruition is back, you know, when the economy really hit the fan in 2006, 7, 8, well, 2006 was good, but 7, 8, 9, um, and so forth. Uh, I was about uh, 11, 12, 13 years old, um, and my dad was in the steel industry. He had, you know, he started a company, he did well. Um, but after, you know, as things progressed, the economy, you know, it took a really big toll and it really took a dramatic impact on kind of the way that, you know, we lived. And, you know, you know they think these things that I took for granted for a long time, I realized these were actually luxuries. Um, but then, you know, the part of me was like, wow, those luxuries were nice to have, you know, it's the fact that they're luxuries, but I also realized they're not easy to come across. You really have to grind and go out and get them. Um, so I really just started doing everything, you know, because like I said, our life really got flipped upside down. Um, and being, you know, 12, 13 years old, I, if there's a problem, I like to find a solution. And my solution to that was, okay, let's go out, you know, let's make a little bit of money, you know? And um, I mean, I would do literally everything. And I'm talking, you know, I'd buy, you know, shattered iPhones from, you know, the seventh grade hall, you know, from people in seventh grade, you know, in the hallway and give them 40 bucks for their broken iPhone, flip it on eBay and sell it for, you know, $200 because uh, for some reason people would buy it for parts. Um, wow. And I started realizing, wow, there's a trend in this whole business thing. And the fact that I can give someone, you know, because it, it, it was a win-win situation. You know, if I had $40, you know, that I'd gotten from babysitting or mowing lawns or whatever, um, that I could give cash to a seventh grader who just had this broken phone that they weren't going to do anything with because it was shattered and they had already gotten a new one. But if I can give them $40 for something that they weren't expecting anything for, and then, so they were happy, and then I can go around and make money with, I mean, without fixing it or really doing anything, just identifying a different market and, you know, taking a, a gap there it was a win-win-win for all parties. So I kind of applied that principle to a lot of different things. And, you know, I just kind of, I, I really got into just the online commerce aspect of things, uh, kind of starting with like the eBay and the Craigslist. And, you know, I would just go around to, you know, um, friends and things like, you know, or family friends and things like that. And just people that I knew when I would post flyers and posters and, you know, I, I, but I would do my next little venture because I never, I wasn't, I guess, an official entrepreneur. I was just, a little hustler at this point um, yeah. but what I would do there is I would say you know anyone that wants to sell their car so let's say you know you want to sell your car I'd ask you how much you want for your car okay um, you told me ten thousand dollars right so I say okay perfect and what I would do is and, and I would say I will get you ten thousand dollars for your car you won't have to pay me you know the, uh, the commission or anything but what I would do and I'd be you know pretty upfront about this is I would go enlist that same car for you know Thirteen or fourteen thousand dollars on Craigslist and Auto Trader and things like that. So that way, that gave me room to negotiate my, you know, my margin with the buyer, and the seller was happy because they got the amount of money, you know, that they had wanted in the first place. And I mean, obviously, I was happy because I mean, you know, if even if I made, you know, a thousand dollars off of it, a thousand dollars to an eighth, ninth grader, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. I mean. It's, it's a lot of money to me now still. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it was, it, and it was fun. And what really excited me was the fact that everyone could benefit from it because it was, you know, I, I never once felt like I was doing something bad or sneaky or malicious because I was very upfront, um, you know, in that, in that, you know, look, I'm trying to make money here too, just as much as you are. But if I could figure out a solution to where everyone was happy, then 
you know, why not walk away with all parties happy? Um, so kind of with that principle applied, when I was um, 16 years old, I, in, in between this duration, you know, I started a charity um, as well, which, I mean, honestly ended up becoming extremely successful, but it was a strictly, you know, for nonprofit charitable means. And, um, you know, I never taken a simple dime from it. Um, even if, you know, my, it, we, we had a board and they, you know, kept telling me, Chad, you know, you can take a salary, you can do that, you know, cause I would go out and raise lots of money, but I, I just didn't, didn't sit right with me. Um, so, it, you know, I, I always did that, but what it did teach me is so much about business and leadership and even marketing and fundraising and things like that, that I didn't even realize in the moment, but I had, I, to this day, I apply those principles that I learned. Um, and kind of how that started is we had our, our volunteer pool, you know, of, of our members within the charity. Um, and it got all the way up to 300 members that, you know, I would manage and I had a board and things like that. And it was crazy because these were all volunteers, but on the same token, you know, I was responsible for delegating tasks and creating missions. You know, think, I mean, I, I was learning how to be a manager and there was really no risk associated with it from any parties because if anything, we were still raising money for charities at the end of the day. Um, so it was, you know, again, another win-win-win situation. Um, and eventually I kind of got, when I was 16, I was like, okay, I do need to make a little bit of money because, you know, I just got my driver's license, you know, and pay some gas and things like that. Um, but I still was just totally against taking any money, you know, whether it be salary or, you know, anything um, from, you know, against the, the nonprofit mission, because like I said, you know, big in transparency. And when we went out and, you know, talked to our donors, we told them exactly where their money was going. And that was kind of our big edge too, is that, you know, you see a lot of these nonprofits that do incredible, amazing things, but their um, operating expense, you know, their uh, HR expenses and, and uh, management expenses, you know, takes up a big chunk of that. Um, so that, you know, is what I was veering away from. And if that meant raising less money, that's what I would do. Anyways, got off on a little nonprofit you know, tangent there. Um, but I started, you know, I, I became interested in private aviation. I, I wrote a list down of everything I'd be remotely interested in doing. Um, and one of the things on that list was private aviation. And um, just, again, totally off the cuff, random. I mean, I, it was, I, I had no experience. I just, I was like, well, that'd be cool to fly on a private jet because, you know, just be cool because I'd never done it or really dreamed of doing it until, you know, far in the future. Um, and just reached out to all these people in Atlanta. And of course, you know, 99 out of the 100 of them had said, oh, you know, we like your ambition, but talk to us later, um, with the exception of one. And she was, you know, to this day has been an incredible mentor of mine. Um, her name is Lisa Centers McDermott. And she was, you know, the executive vice president with NetJet. So she had reported, you know, to Warren Buffett, um, you know, and, knows him well and she had started her own company eventually um so that was super cool and you know just the ability that you know she was i guess impressed by the fact you know my persistence the fact that i just reached out and just asked and um you know it, it took a little bit of negotiation and things like that um but you know I, I kind of just started at the bottom doing administrative work and slowly you know worked my way up and then from there um started getting, you know, learning more about tech and getting into tech and bouncing around and then doing stuff with e-commerce and I got a little bit into crypto. Um, and then now I'm, you know, and then I consulted for a little bit and um, yeah, now on, on another startup. But sorry, that was, that was the whole, a whole enchilada. No, I, no, that's like, that's actually one heck of a story. And the, the biggest thing that pops up into my mind is when you started this, you were kind of like, you know, I was just a kid. And you know, you're like, you're like nothing separated me from, from any other kid because I was just a kid, but you know, 
and, and obviously you're, you're more than just a kid now. What were some main things that like separated you from everyone, from every other kid? Because not everyone's doing what you're doing. And even in the entrepreneurial realm of, of youth, still not everyone's doing what you're doing at the level you are at. So there is a pretty, I guess, polarizing quote. Some people love it and some people hate it. And it is very cliche. But the second I read it, I was like, wait, that's basically my philosophy is, and I'm almost like cringing saying this, but you've heard it. If you shoot the stars, you know, and you land a clunk, you know, amongst the clouds, you're still above the people that just jumped for the trees, you know? Um, and I mean, that just, it, it resonated so deeply with me. And that was, you know, I didn't read that and just get inspired all of a sudden. That was just, I felt like the best way to sum up, sum it up. Cause I'd read that, I mean, you know, a, a couple months ago after the fact, I was like, wait, you know, that's kind of just always my philosophy is I always, and this has had drawbacks obviously, but I think best scenario, because uh, it's all mindset and it's all outlook and it has to do with optimism. And it's like, okay, put myself in the best possible situation. Where could I be? Okay. There I am. How do I get there? And then you start putting together those rational steps. And even if they're not rational, I'm just trying because it literally comes out of those things. And you, if, if you have the ability, um, because that was, you know, something that I really learned when I was in private aviation is because I was picking up the phone and cold calling these super, super important executives and you know, celebrities and I mean, billionaires and, and people. I was literally reading them, you know, in Forbes. I'm like, oh, I should try to get in touch with this person and just be relentless. And I'd have all my little techniques like to get across, you know, around the secretary um, and just get super crafty. But um, it, it, the fact that they could hang up on me and they could be like, no, I don't want to, you know, effing talk to you right now, you know, now's a bad time. I didn't take it personally. I mean, I, I, that's just how it was. But it, it, it's totally a numbers game. And that's, you know, another thing that I learned is if you make 100 phone calls, 90 people will probably tell, tell you, you know, leave me alone, don't call me again, which is fine. But 10 might still want to talk to you. Nine of those 10 will probably lead you on into a deal that doesn't happen. But one person will happen. And whether or not, you know, that's always applicable, you know, that, that's obviously not an exact formula. But just following that principle in every aspect of my life, I think is, is helped me tremendously. Yeah, because I mean, at the simplest, it's kind of like what's the worst that can happen. And I know exactly. some things are really risky, but still, you know, exactly. you're trying and you're actually doing something. Exactly. And that was the biggest thing that um, I really try to pass the message on, you know, to young people is that right now we don't have a lot of responsibilities. You know, we don't have a mortgage and a family and, you know, a full time job and things like this. It, if we, you know, because I mean, that was me that I, I was, you know, 15, 16 years old with literally like a piggy bank of quarters and pennies. I'm like, all right, I have $12 and 76 cents. Like I gotta live off this. But you know, at the end of the day, like I knew I'd have a roof over my head and food to eat. And while I might not be able to go out and like, you know, go to music festivals and things like that, you know, and spend disposable income the way that my friends that had worked, you know, part-time jobs working, you know, a set wage would, um, I was willing, a little more willing to take a risk and lose it now. And, um, you know, I guess benefit on the back end. Yeah, but like, the thing is, is there's the huge difference between like even just the, the youth entrepreneurship and then regular kids is that like one group knows, one group figured it out at some point and, there, and there's a huge massive group that hasn't, you know, got it. You know what I mean? How did you start, like when, like, when did it click? When did you really get it and understand what was happening? Um, you know, I really credit a lot of that to the, the charity. Um, that I, that I seriously learned 
so many skills and honestly that i mean it stressed me out so much because i mean every single day i'd be worried sick about it and i mean on the same token it was it was really great because like i said the only thing we had was to benefit because it's like you know i was stressed out okay are we gonna get this donor and if we didn't get the donor we just didn't get the donor, you know, and then that means we just couldn't, you know, help more people, which obviously sucked, but no one was going to lose their job. No one was going to lose their home. No one wasn't going to be able to eat for the week. No one wasn't, you know, we weren't going to miss payroll. Um, we weren't going to foreclose or go bankrupt, you know, because we didn't have those liabilities. Um, so I think understanding that, being able to take assess risk and also putting yourself in a position to do so. And um, really, you know, I, I guess... So I guess to answer your question, when did I realize the ability to do that? I mean, I think I, I've always definitely been a little, like I, I've always thought big, you know, and I think that's really all it came down to is if, you know, you know, there's a will, there's a way. And it really just comes down to um, how, how big your dreams are, because I, I think, you know, that that's what it comes down to and um, it, whether or not, you know, you because know, you'll, you'll achieve it at scale. Yeah, honestly, the thing I've been noticing the most is like, um, even though I've been doing, I've been bustling around and doing a bunch of things, originally, and even still now a little bit, I'm not a dreamer. I, you know, where are you going to be in the future? I don't know. Have you ever thought about it? No, you know, and you never really know. I don't think a lot of kids know, or they have the false idea of, I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a doctor. And I even talked to someone today where she was like, I was going to be a lawyer, like I wanted the law degree. And when I opened the, when I opened the congratulations, I felt a pit in my stomach. She's like, it, it was never really what I wanted. Right. And that's like the, and I feel like that's the biggest issue is like, there's this false sense of I have a set path or it's like, I never even think farther than and the next day. I think that's, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's totally something that I had struggled with for a long time and really still am figuring out the answers to actively. Um, but I was, I, I kind of felt like, you know, I grew up in a family where college was big, you know, you're going to college, you're doing this, you're applying to, I mean, I applied to, I think it was like 17 different colleges, I mean, and got, and got into, you know, a lot of good ones. I mean, there were, you know, some IVs um, and just good schools that I knew deep in my heart, you know, as, as great as that would have looked or would have sounded, I knew that I wouldn't have been happy. And even if I would have been on paper at the time more successful, whatever that, because again, you have to look at success on scale, I guess. And success to you means something totally different than it means to me. And to, you know, the person over there means totally different to your teacher, to your parent, to your, you know, your mentor. Success all means something different. You really have to listen to what it means to you because I guarantee you, I mean, you just have to follow as cliche as that sound. And that's another thing I've learned is like- They're cliche for a reason. They're cliche for a reason. <laughs> um, but honestly, like follow your heart because I've totally been there. And I thought I was like, okay, all I need, I, should, I need to make a lot of money. So that's what I went out and that's what I did. But at the point where I had made, you know, a, a really good amount of money when I was so young, I on, this whole thing, you know, and I kind of leverage that as a brain, you know, and I, this teen tech millionaire thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was the truth, you know, it, 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 it absolutely was, you know, it was accurate, but on the same token, I was like, who am I doing this for? Because I had never been so miserable, so upset in my life. I mean, I theoretically, you know, could do whatever I wanted 
you know, or buy whatever I wanted, but there are things that you cannot buy. And when it comes to, again, another cliche, money can't buy happiness. Yeah, it buys you a lot, of, it buys you a lot. It does buy you a lot, it buys you freedom, it buys you, I mean, security, a lot of those things. But when it comes down to all those, all of the, the, the people with it, you know, and the experiences that you have, it really, that, you know, the, the money's just an additional, it, it's benefit. You need the, the foundation first. That was actually gonna be one of my questions because I feel like you know pretty well it's lonely at the top. Yes, yes. And <laughs> yeah, like, and and you know, I'd, I have to ask, like, what was it like, especially being in school? You know, not even just making the money, but simply having the different mindset. Yeah, and it, it's definitely something. It took a lot on it, you know, and it, it's still to this day, you know, it, it is. It's because, like, you know, I'm, I'm 20. I'm not sitting here and looking back 40, 50 years later, like, oh, I remember when I was young, you know. Um, <laughs> I still kind of am that age. And um, kind of, I guess, being looked at as this, like, anomaly of sorts amongst your peers, um, you know, because, you know, I guess my little ambitions and hustles and things like and successes really kind of came initially in high school. Um, and people, you know, took note of that. And people kind of, on the, you know, they almost... It was very polarized in the sense that you had the group that was, well, there were three groups really. The small group that was really there for you, you know, your ride or die, so to speak. And then you had the people that were there for you when you had money or power, you know, influence or whatever. You know, there were people there for you when they needed something and they were always nice to your face, you know, never had anything bad to say. And there were just the people that were just mean, you know, and, and mean spirited even if they didn't know you, never talked to you personally, just because of your you know, reputation, the fact that you had done X, Y, Z, they already had this perception about you. Um, in many times, it's a false perception, you know, because you're judged on these flimsy pretenses. But, so, you know, you have those, those three different buckets, so to speak, but it is kind of something, you know, that, that's something that I guess going through high school, like people, you know, they just kind of have their friends and people that aren't their friends, you know, and they might have a people that they just don't like or don't get along with. But this, you know, you kind of feel like there are like there are a lot of eyes on you and there are a lot of attention in those three buckets respectively. You know, you have the people that, you know, your ride or dies, as I said, they want you to succeed no matter what. And I mean, and those are, I mean, they're far and in between, you know, there's not a lot of them. And you, if you find one, you know, person in that bucket, you hold on to them and you value them. And then you have your, your B people, you know, in, in your B bucket. They're always nice to you. They encourage you when you're successful. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of those people there's mm -hmm. a lot um and yeah i mean i'm not saying oh blow them off because you know they you know, do as much as you can with them but um on the same token you know just take it with a grain of salt and know that they won't always be there and uh, you know they're kind of hoping they're like oh i want him to get in this position so he can do this for me um but they don't care if you don't make it. And then on the latter part, you know, you have the people that just want to see you fail. And um, sometimes, you know, that that's a big portion of people, um, depending on you know where you're at and, and things like that. So it definitely adds a lot of pressure. So I mean, it's it's I'm not sitting here and telling anyone, you know, it was easy or anything. And like I said, it really doesn't matter what the numbers in your bank account or you know anything like that say. If there's no one to enjoy it with, it's not worth anything. Yeah, no, and I. I totally understand that. I mean, I have I have a little column A, I have a little column B, I have a little column C too. And honestly, it's really interesting because I mean, for I mean, for the people in your A bucket, like number one, I love them to death. You know, these people, it's insane. 
and, and honestly, I don't know if you've seen this too, but for me, it's people who are also already doing things. We all yeah. succeed together. You know, and, we all uh, fail together. Yes, I'm glad, glad you mentioned that. And you see a trend there with people. And that's something that you really need to take note of is when you have these victories, who's standing up clapping, cheering you on, and who's, you know, kind of thinking, hmm, how, how can I undermine this? How can I, you know, and, and gel and things like, even if the, oh, wow, congratulations. Um, and I, it's tough sayings, but like, I totally have been in bucket B before. Like, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've you know, in, I've never been the person that just puts people down no matter what. Um, but admittedly, like, especially, you know, primarily, you know, when I was younger, um, younger, like, you know, like, <laughs> um, but I've totally been that person that's like, okay, like, I'll smile, but like, what could I have done better? Like, why, why did they beat me to this? And it's, it's a tough, it's a tough feeling, but I've totally realized over time, I've become more successful emotionally, financially, you know, socially, whatever, if I'm on everyone, if I'm rooting them on and those people that I'm rooting on, you know, they'll root me back on, you know, and we, we grow together, you know, cause success grows together. And these people in the beat buckets, that's why you have, you know, your even just, you know, socioeconomic class, you know, you have your high class, you know, which is the very small, you know, small, 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 slim portion. And, you know, you have a large part in your, your middle class. Um, and then, you know, you have your lower class, which is just, you know, the, you know, uh, another portion, but there's a reason in this obviously isn't a blanket statement because people, you know, come into money for a variety of reasons, but for the independently wealthy individual, when it comes to, you know, cash and that doesn't, you know, and again, I don't think that's the only indicator of success, but with those things in mind, these people, you know, there's a reason why they're all friends with each other. It's because they encourage each other, you know, and that's why money, you know, stays in circles and doesn't, you know, get penetrated because it, it, it takes a mindset. And so I think if you just, if you're genuine and excited about everyone, then I think that's when you've really, you can look back at yourself and say, wow, I really have made it. If I can look at someone else and say, I'm, ha I'm truly happy for them, then I think that is point, you know, it's a milestone in your success for sure. And honestly, just the the calm and the serenity it brings to your own soul so much like so much. that's what matters i feel like exactly and that is a tremendous part because that's a big thing that i see with young entrepreneurs especially especially ones that you know kind of experience success young is that they'll they'll be so stressed out so then it turns to like self-medication and things like that and that just leads down a dangerous scary path but if you can find that serenity and peace within yourself you can kind of i mean like hedge your chances and even relying on you know this those external um calming methods that you know that aren't healthy so yeah no i totally agree and like i think that's it i think that's such a beautiful thing especially for young entrepreneurs like if you get that sense of helping everyone out like, I feel like that's how you kind of got your way too, because also I noticed a common theme throughout your talking, like you stuck to a moral ground. Yes. You really did. Can you, cause again, cause I've seen, I've seen like, even when you're young, these people that like get a little taste of power and they already go overboard. I mean, you've worked and I don't even want to talk about the money, just everything you were doing. Like, I don't feel like you do it arrogantly. Like we've been like, I chatted to you, I chatted with you uh, two days ago and it was just it was just a calm conversation you weren't like you weren't arrogant you weren't like I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a name like you you were just you were just a friend and how do you how do you go about the humility and the morals and sticking to a strong foundation yeah I mean 
Absolutely, but I think that's something that all, it, I mean, it really is a paradox that all young entrepreneurs face. And it's this, this paradox of having success soon because you're definitely not at the point where you can sit back and go, mm, whatever, you know, I'm retired, I've made it. Um, but you're also not, you know, you, you, are, you're, you are ahead of the curve, you know, you don't want to undermine that. But on the same token, like you're not where you want to be. So I've totally, you know, and, and part of the reason why you got there, you're, you know, why any successful young entrepreneur gets there in the first place is they do have a pretty strong ego, um, which, you know, it might have gotten there in the first place, but in terms of the long run, definitely is a negative. Um, but kind of what the reason why they have that ego is because it has that self-confidence because self-confident people are naturally just more successful. And I mean, that's just how it is. I don't care what age you are. And if you're confident young, sometimes you can allow that to be transformed into this inflated ego, which I will absolutely admit, like I totally struggled with for like a little bit. Um, but I guess what was important to me is that I always remained true to, to my morals. And, you know, and like I said, I'm not, I, I, I never really coined myself to be this like patron saint or anything like that. And um, because I, I definitely, I mean, I understand, I understand the perception that I give off. I mean, people assume, first of all, my name's Chad, and now the fact that I'm memeable. And I mean, you know, I'm, I have this like stereotypes just surrounding the fact that my name's Chad. People already associate me with something. And the fact that, you know, if I'm wearing Brooks Brothers, you know, and a, a nice watch and driving a nice car, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what's the label that gets put on me? Okay, wow, he's a, you know, he's this, he's that, he, you know, he oh, yeah. didn't work for anything. You know, I mean, I, it's, stigmatized obviously but i understand that and i accept that so i think if you just go out of the world without being defensive but just being true and genuine and honestly like let people think that i mean it is it is what it, you know people are going to think what they think but if you let people get to know you and you don't get distracted by because you don't want to be turned bitter by because you know if i thought oh wow all these people just think i'm, I'm this i'm just talking to, talk to anyone if I did that, then those people would still think the same way. But if I talk to people, they'd be, oh wait, no, you are you're like, you're just a normal 20 year old, like with, you know, I mean, it, you're a real person. You know, you, you've had trials, tribulations and things like that. And of course, I think everyone has trials and tribulations on scale, but it, it's, it just show, you know, it just, it, I mean, really don't forget, like, don't, don't get, I, you know, I don't even know how to say it because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to say like a cliche of, of don't forget where you came from, but that, I really can't even think of anything better. It's just yeah. who you are. Like, remember, you know, and that's why I always, you know, it's almost like an alter ego, like for me personally. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an ongoing joke is like, you know, my girlfriend, you know, she'll ask me a question, you know, oh, like how the, and you know, just some sort, you know, we'd be driving and she'll just ask me kind of a random, just out of curiosity, like, oh, how does this work or whatever? And I'm like, well, according to, you know, this statement, you know, if we're looking at the P&Ls, do it, you know, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, you know, talk like a 65 year old and she'll, you know, kind of like laugh and like look at me, she's like, okay, can I get the answer from, Chad, my 20 year old boyfriend, not Mr. Chad P. Corotis, you know, comma, you know, title, title, title. Um, so it's all, you know, kind of having these like ultra egos, but also knowing when to turn them on and off because there are times where you are going to need like that boardroom professional, especially as a young person, because you can always go in like, you know, shorts and t shirt, like, hey, bro, what's up, man? Um, but there are times where that's more appropriate than, hello, sir, so good to meet you. It is a true honor, you know? Um, so I think being able to recognize that balance and I think, you know, in, uh, you know, we had talked about this 
when we were talking on the phone a little while ago, but um, I guess, you know, that social and emotional intelligence, really, to being able to gauge situations and uh, execute them appropriately. Oh, definitely. And honestly, that is, that is a great note to end on. I'm so glad, you know, because a lot of this audience is kids, and I'm so glad that they actually got to hear it from, I don't want to call you a kid, but you're pretty, you're a pretty young guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> but Chad, where can every, where can everyone find you? Yes, <laughs> to kind of go off what we would, what we were saying that we were joking about earlier is, and this is where the ego totally comes in, but it was my my school tagline, like you know, where there was a joke that you know I have a T-shirt that you know I got like a gag gift that says Google me because that used to be like my little saying that still kind of is, but because it totally started off as like you know, arrogantly, but now it's an ongoing joke because the fact that no one has the name Chad Corotis, but. If you really do Google, just C-H-A-D space C-A-R-R-O-D-U-S um, on Google. That way you can access my website, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, and, and kind of follow what I'm up to. I would definitely love to uh, reach out, and especially if you're a young entrepreneur or, you know, thinking about it and just have a question. I mean, I, I love talking with people and just brainstorming. So, yeah. That's amazing. Chad, thank you so much for being on. No, thank you, Ava. It was a lot of fun. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you like what we're doing, please help us grow by sharing our content. And if you have any recommendation for future guests, please email me at agwetrick at gmail.com.